What's up everyone, this is all about the game with Satha and today we have golf star Raksha Fatke. This Pune star has been making waves ever since she was a kid. She's the former junior number one golfer in India. Let's hear about her amazing golf career, getting a full athletic scholarship to study in the US and her experience competing in golf over there. Let's also hear about the Indian golf scene and what it holds for the future. Hi Raksha, how's it going? Hi, good, how are you? Good, good, how are you? All good. What have you been up to? Where are you now? Uh, I'm in Pune. Been trying to quarantine life as best as I can. Right. Um, and that's pretty much what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. Just trying to life in quarantine. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, um, we're here to talk about your golf career. Yes. Haven't talked about that in a while. All right. So, um, let me ask you how you got started with golf. How did you? So I come from a family of sports people. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom was a former India number one in tennis during her time. Oh wow! Um, So was my aunt. So my aunt played tennis for Duke. So I come from a sporting background. Mm -hmm. So sports was like always part of my life growing up. So I started with tennis. I started swimming at the age of three, four. So all into sports and. I guess somewhere along the way, I realized I don't like running, so I picked golf. Mm-hmm. What age did you get started? Mm, so I started playing seriously, like competing and practicing and all when I was around 12. Mm-hmm. And okay. probably introduced to the game around 9, but I was also playing tennis at that time seriously. So um, was kind of doing two games, figuring what I like. So, did tennis help with golf? Like, did you feel you had like... For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, I guess, it's good if you start um, any kind of hand-eye coordination or any kind of sporty game um, because I feel like that just makes it easier for any other sport. So, today, if I want to play TT, I can do that. If I want to play badminton, I can do that. Although, I'm, I've never been formally trained because you just have that hand-eye coordination with any sport. So, definitely made things easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you started going pro, starting taking it seriously at the age of 12. What do you do then? Like, where do you go from there? Do you start competing and stuff all over India? Yeah, so I started playing on the national tour uh, when I was 13. Um, And then eventually, I guess, as you play more tournaments, you rack up points, like that's how the system works. And then you're ranked in order of merit. So you have like your juniors ranking, your amateur ranking, and then they usually take the top three or top four to play for the country. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I got into that. So my first ever tournament for India was in France. And I was 13, I got lost on a bus. It was crazy, so much fun. But um, yeah, and then you kind of go into playing 
for your country for a little bit and then my next step was going to college mhm all right so um before we go to your college um tell us some of uh, tell us about some of your uh wins and uh, titles one second go um so probably my most special victory was um in bangalore uh this was probably this was in 2015 mm-hmm. um it was also actually my first win in india um oh. because the season before that i was runner up for 12 tournaments in a row so i went through that phase where i was constantly number 2 like it was how like number 2 spot is to taken by me so that's what happened for a full season mm-hmm. and then i won this and it was actually a professional event so i was competing as an amateur mm-hmm. um and i actually i was here on holiday in india and from college and yeah. i decided to go because i have a lot of friends in bangalore i wanted to just like chill have a good time play yeah. some golf i hadn't touched my golf clubs in a month so mm. really went in with zero expectations and it was just a blast mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was i it was so e- i remember it feeling like my easiest golfing experience and also mm. i ended up winning it maybe it has something to do with each other but yeah fondest memory wow and uh, wonderful what about india what was it like re- representing india at such a young age um honestly if you ask me now my answer would be different than what it was 6 years ago mm-hmm. i don't think i appreciated it enough when mm-hmm. i had it right. um you know as athletes we're always going for one more or one tier higher and you right. know this one is above me you're always competing you can always get better right, and right. something that they see is like if you think this is all you've got your your career is probably over like if you feel like you have no scope for improvement you should probably quit right. so i appreciate it now though mm-hmm. <laughs> but back then i was just like yeah this is what i deserve this is what i've been working for like i deserve this <laughs> so right. yeah wonderful where were you training in uh, pune so i trained in pune club okay um, i never had a proper coach i trained with my dad Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um. Tell us what has golf taught you. Sorry, I didn't catch that. What What has golf taught you? Oh God. Um. Many, many, many things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I'll just I'll go with my top top three things. Mm-hmm. um perspective um there's always a lot of solutions to a problem and i feel like what you eventually end up with is what path you take which is what golf is about there you can do so many things out there but what are you going to do what's going to be beneficial for you how are you going to cut your losses so definitely perspective um patience um it's a long game it's a tiring game um patience and persistence because you re- you feel like there's many days i felt like burying myself in becoming a tree or something on the golf course and mm-hmm. it's 
you just have to persist like we would have probably 36 holes of competition rounds um during college golf which is not heard of where we were competing for probably 14 hours in a day to the highest level which takes a lot out of you mm-hmm. um and plus i guess injuries generally as a sportsman like recovering through injuries just teaches you that that you have to persist above it all be above it all so yeah right. my top 3 or 4 mm-hmm. right so um yeah college tennis i'm okay to cut this off <laughs> college golf tell us about college golf when did you go to the states how did you get there how did you end up there why did you end up there okay so my college golf story is a funny one mm-hmm. so i actually uh, competed in this tournament called the world juniors uh, which happens in san diego every year so basically the top juniors all over the world go there to be recruited by like division 1 coaches the coaches come out there to watch they get a chance to talk to the players to the parents you know offer scholarships what have you um and there's a lot of kids that go for that tournament but after two days there's a cut off so i don't know how to explain it but generally you add up your calculations for two days and the lowest say 30 get to move forward mm-hmm. and the coaches only go for the last two days they don't really want to see the whole field and i made the cut off by one shot and i was the first indian to ever do that so again zero expectations walked in there i was like yeah i'm in san diego i get to play tiger woods golf course story times like let's have fun but mm-hmm. yeah it turned into something serious mm-hmm. yeah. and i got to talk to a lot of coaches and i was actually talking to a few coaches before that tournament too but i ended up signing with a school that i had not even looked at just because i really loved the coach um so i finished all the sats and everything you given your applications you get a bunch of offers so i actually dropped an ivy league to go into kent state university which now that i look back sounds crazy for the was wow wow okay that's okay so you saying you were getting offers from uh colleges in ivy league yeah like i saw i saw six universities all mm. courses all divisions uh, couldn't make up my mind and then i met this coach at kent state and he was i'd never had a coach before so i knew i wanted to go into a team where i would have that foundation mm-hmm. and he seemed like such a solid guy that i was like sold <laughs> but uh, he ended up getting fired before i actually joined so <laughs> that was great ouch okay yeah. so um serious out mhm and um you you went through on a full scholarship right yes i did so was that uh, because you represented india or uh, uh, i mean to the new golfers around town what is the cut off like can anyone get a like get like a good scholarship to go to the us or was it i mean do you really need to be at the top 3 5 so it it kind of depends i feel like what you're looking for mm-hmm. um for me i knew i wanted to turn professional which is why i chose a division 1 they have three divisions right for right, sports right. too 
so someone like my brother who knew that he wanted to study and play sports he chose a division 3 because that was better it was a better fit for him right. um so it really depends what you're looking for but um the process and the way it works at least for if you are a top athlete in your sport um in your country was let's say and you're looking to play seriously and professionally um you can actually sign up on a few sites um that i'll share with sarthak later and um you can start emailing coaches your portfolio mm-hmm. so you can directly talk to these coaches and email them say your swing or uh, statistics from your previous seasons or uh, what you're interested in doing or why you play the sport, sport you play and based on all this the, some coaches will get back to you saying hey my roster is full because generally they recruit a year or year and a half in advance mm-hmm. so you kind of have to be at least a year into the before you go to college you have to start getting on communicating with the coaches right. so yeah that's how i started i just sent out pro- probably 500 emails um mm-hmm. so yeah mhm um before uh, we move ahead to uh, american i mean your experience in america uh, what were you doing with your studies in pune how was it like were you keeping up with it or were you just focused on golf on golf so um i enjoyed school i was a good student uh, i was i never I'm going to sound terrible for saying this, but I didn't give a single exam in ninth or eleventh standard. Like, luckily, my school supported me a lot. Um, they let me give like the few main exams. So ninth standard, I only gave my finals, mm-hmm. but like that was enough because I got ninety. Like, people know I can do it. Like, it's okay. But my school was awesome. Like, I would not have been able to do it without Symbiosis at all. Like, mm-hmm. they were super supportive through everything that I was doing, and they just went out of their way to make sure that my education was taken care of. And so did Ferguson, for that matter. Like, they really supported everything that I was doing sports-wise. They were great. Wonderful. And I did art in Ferguson, and. I was actually interested in science, but I was never good in math, so that was not never an option for me. Right, wonderful. That's good to know. Like Pune, actually, I mean, since Pune has a sporting culture compared to other states in India, I mean, this support yeah. a lot more. But I about that though, like I never got my five percent that the SSC board promised me. like oh. they asked me i showed them my like certificate for indian golf and they asked me for my zd level certificate right. and that was really disappointing but i think they changed that after because my brother got the 5% and i know five other juniors did but i really really broke up back going to every office in pune trying to make sure this happens but yeah so i mean that's the thing right uh, uh, no matter how good you are even if you're like india number 1 you have to participate in that Uh, you know district tournaments and uh, states and stuff like that to be eligible for the 5% uh, not really no you don't it's just that they didn't recognize golf <laughs> i mean they gave 5% for zd level handball question mark <laughs> yeah so yeah actually there like few uh, you know people like during my college days they were like you know just joining a random sport like that just so that they can you know get the 5% exactly <laughs> ring tennis that was another one ring tennis yeah okay 
America. How was your experience? Um, in terms of golf, great because I got to literally go to every state in America and play golf. <laughs> it was amazing. I got to travel everywhere. Like we went from Vegas to Hawaii, and it was wild that way. But in terms of um, like, if I improved. I don't know because like I said, my college experience is a little different because in four years, I went through four college golf coaches, which usually never happens. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's some of the risk in, uh, you know, deciding to study golf. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, even I had a friend of mine, like I was telling you before this, so... Um, he got into a like a pretty good college and because of a coach and um, mm -hmm. something happened or whatever and uh, the coaches changed and then he wasn't even in the team so because coaches have their own you know priorities and ideas and then you have to wait wait it out and stuff so uh, what what was your experience like didn't you like gel with the coach or what is it like so the coach that I went to uni for was fired before I uh, joined. So mm -hmm. the coach that I actually played for in the university had never, he hadn't recruited me. So I wasn't his recruit. I wasn't his recruit. And yeah. also he was quite racist. So I ended up transferring after two years actually, because he gave me a very, very tough time. So um, it's like to a point where you kind of like if, your mentor or someone is telling you you're not giving a hundred percent but you're giving a hundred percent then you break yourself kind of give that extra one percent that's just not there which is essentially what happened he would drop me out of tournaments because i was getting a b in a class whereas there were two other people on my team getting c's in their class and they were going for tournaments so stupid things like this or like if i was late by one minute to a workout or meeting he would mm -hmm. make the whole team do a, do a punishment but make me watch so just extreme reactions like this mm -hmm. which gave me a very tough time for two years um, but also I guess the most improving years in my golf because we worked really really hard we had workouts at 5 o'clock in the morning we had classes from 7 to 2 we had practice from 2 to 6 we had classes again from 6 to 8 we had study hall from 8 to 9 because as athletes you have to keep up your GPA nice. so it was a rough two years and I transferred universities and then my coach there was awesome. I really, really liked him. We won conference that year. Um, I came in second place in conference that year. It was my lowest scoring average ever, like a great year overall. And then our athletic directors who are one step up above the coaches, they kind of control all the coaching staff. Um, they didn't want to give him... Uh, a raise because mm -hmm. uh, although he I mean clearly had it coming since we won conference but he got a better offer from another university and he left so then we had another coach come in so that was my fourth coach mm -hmm. um, and she was also great but I only had her for one year yeah. so I never really got to make that bond with mm -hmm. one coach as they say mm -hmm. right that uh, obviously would have created you know trouble especially when you know you're you're alone over there, right? I mean, you don't have your support system with you. So that's tough. 
yeah but lucky for us like we go in with a sporting family right so right. I, i always had that support from my fellow golfers whoever it was like um mm-hmm. definitely it's it's better for us than someone individually going because we go in with the whole team that we're going to be introduced to and know like essentially you just go in knowing you're going to make friends mm-hmm. so right. that was never being alone was never the tough part mm-hmm. uh do you get to uh, you know like when you mentioned um, the coach who was uh, you know but racist towards you uh do you get to train alone by yourself do you get to work on your own or do you always need i mean is there like a restriction and stuff like that um, there's no restriction you it really depends for golf um the practice facilities there a lot of space so if the university has it and it's like close to you you always have the option of going whenever scheduled times are not yeah mm-hmm. like you know you have your own locker room it's like any other sport Okay. but for uh, universities where you have to travel say 10 15 minutes and you don't have a car then you're reliant on your teammates to pick you up for practice so if they want to go out of time and you can find like there's no restriction as such right mm-hmm. um apart from that uh the your um, compared to compared to the other sports uh how are your golf teammates athletes like how are they are they like uh you know reserved i mean coming from, i mean reserved in the sense lot more focused on golf i mean compared to other sports where they go out partying often and stuff like that or what do you guys do do you have something similar as well i mean yeah we are like it's it's really honestly how they show it in the movies it's like a community you have your frat and sororities you have your athletes and then you have the students and the mm-hmm. mass population and that's mm-hmm. honestly exactly as it was um we definitely had parties it wasn't like we were more serious or anything but mm-hmm. we would definitely mingle only within the athlete crowd i don't know why that was a thing so we would be like going to the basketball house or the tennis house or something mm-hmm. like that but it was it was a good it was a good vibe mm-hmm. great um back to india tell us do you think people can make it i mean there have been a lot of i mean players i mean who have made it but golfers starting off now can they make it just training in india definitely 100% us is not like uh something that you have to do to be able to make it it's not it's just not even a 50 50 thing i mean um in terms of exposure and experience like sure they should even if you are training in india it doesn't limit you to traveling abroad for tournaments or matches and mm. that should definitely happen because you need to experience a different caliber and a different kind of um way to train uh mm. they're a little more sorted for so the way they train and kind of um coach and mentor is a lot more solid i feel than what we have in india right now it's a little too scattered um so for exposure definitely go everywhere and play like thailand doesn't even have to be america like even asia there's so many different 
um, I guess institutions which have super talented kids. So India is just a small pool. So if you're thinking of making it big, definitely go out. But you can train here. <laughs> like we have everything we need here. Okay, great. So that's probably, I mean, great in golf uh, because in uh, probably other sports, uh, the facilities like let's say tennis or whatever. I mean, they have a lot more um, tech. products lot of different uh, you know uh, training uh, products abroad that, as compared to india so it's great that you know in golf everything is the same abroad i mean almost apart from the scattered part of it i'm technology wise we're definitely behind i'm not saying that golf is here in india technologically it's not there yet like they're definitely superior in terms of training facilities and okay. everything but it's nothing that we can't get here again with any other sport all the equipment it's you can easily have it sent here mm-hmm. through you know family or anything like it's yeah. not a big but in terms of training centers yeah they're well better off but they also have more money Mm-hmm. they have that much money to put into these things whereas i feel like we don't really. right um but yeah it's not i'm not saying it's the same it's definitely mm-hmm. not the same in just in terms of i guess what i was talking about in terms mm-hmm. of talent or hard work or right. um experience i think we have it all here technology we still have some time to go right uh what about coaching expertise sorry coaching expertise in india how is it i mean there's definitely a few great coaches in india um yeah that's all i have to say <laughs> all right uh why are some people not taking up golf i mean what are some of the common reasons like um it's expensive mm-hmm. um it's very very time consuming very time consuming so what would be a regular 3 hour practice session in tennis would be 6 or 7 hours in golf mm. um so yeah and really pretty much deciding to take it up professionally it becomes your life mm-hmm. um but yeah the top I think two reasons are it's extremely time consuming and it's really expensive. Right. Hey guys, this podcast is powered by Flow. Flow is a revolutionary app that helps athletes meditate and visualize their game to improve their technique and results. Visualization has been the key to hundreds of successful champions like Michael Phelps, Roger Federer and Kobe Bryant. The app will be available soon on the Apple App Store as well as the Google Play Store. Further details are available on the show notes. Cheers. All right. Focus and concentration. Tell us more about what do you do to have that? Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Um in life or in golf? In golf and in life. Okay, so I'll tell you about the coolest focus tool I've used. Okay, mm-hmm. it was really mad. We don't have that here in India. <laughs> I don't know when we'll get it, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. So there are these. Um, you heard of those bone induction headphones? Um, is it something like a VR? Yeah. 
just... no it's basically like both created these sunglasses where if you put them on you can hear music through vibration sent through the bones so you don't have to put anything in your ear to hear the music mm-hmm. okay so we used to have the bone induction headgear which used to play music into our head while mm-hmm. we were practicing it, we had to pick one song that made us calm and for golf the important thing is having the right um, heart rate so that you know your muscles are not tense you're in the moment like it's important so the music would actually stop once your heart rate was optimal that was a practice wow to see how much we could practice without the music start starting again which was ob- never more than a minute mm-hmm. so that was my coolest like focus technique it kind of taught me a lot about myself um, what makes me hyper what makes me down what i need to do to kind of just bring myself back to the moment so that was the coolest one and in terms of other things used for focus um honestly just regular you know nothing nothing great um right. so you will have the stuff like uh, you know uh, meditation and uh, pranayam or that did you like the breathing exercise well, did you do that as well yeah yeah uh i did that when i competed i don't do that anymore although i should um we used to do a lot of visualization that was another important thing more than focusing uh we did visualization the day before the round so we used to always get a practice round on the course that we were playing right. and obviously you map out what you want to do for the next day you know where your troubles are you kind of do a whole map of the scene and at night Well, one of the things that i used to do is just close my eyes and visualize each shot that i was going to play the next day mm-hmm. um so i feel like that kind of um so your body kind of believes that you've done it if you imagine to have done it or right. that didn't makes any sense every time i got to that spot on the actual day um mm-hmm. it's like oh i've done this before so that helped amazing wow okay um ideal age for ideal age to get started any time you can pick up a club yeah mhm <laughs> like it should be fun okay so you don't you don't need to be like you don't need to start at like 3 or something to uh make it big no. whenever not at all in fact when i started playing when like fun as a 9 year old i remember all of us we after half an hour we used to get so bored but someone used to have a football so we used to go out on the golf course and just play for fun so there's no like age to start seriously you just have to enjoy the atmosphere um and just make it your comfort zone i guess so as early as you can mm-hmm. uh, what is a day in the life of a golfer like do you um in india or in abroad like what fitness routines do you have compared to other sports like is it something different is it more mental or do you have like you know a lot of physical stuff as well so we do do a lot of physical training um contrary to popular belief mm-hmm. uh because um for every shot you for most every single shot you're giving a 100% force right so right. if your 
is not a hundred percent on your next shot. It's going to alter how far it goes, which makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, a lot of our training was like sustenance training to kind of sustain your energy and burst of energy and then bring it back and then save it and then burst and then bring it back. So it was um, a lot of HIIT training, um, interval training. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did a lot of tire uh, flip, like Indian runs, like uh, very high burst and high energy training, but in short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is we carried our golf bags, which was around 11 to 12 kilos of weight. Um, and a golf course is approximately 8 kilometers to give you an idea. Um, the total length of what we are walking for 5 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so in co- tournament golf, that would be around 16 kilometers because we would do 36 holes and carrying about 12 kilos plus 100% exertion on every shot that you're hitting and plus the mental game. So it's a lot put into one. We used to do mental training once a day, uh, workout once a day and yoga every other day, 7 days a week. There's no day off. So, uh, the stuff we see on TV, like with the guy who's carrying the bag and like the small thing, the carry, I guess, that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, the carry. So, okay, so probably in the amateur circuit and stuff, they're not there. So, carries are for club golfers, people who do it for fun, um, who go over on the weekend or like business golfers. There's a lot of people who actually do business meetings on the golf course so mm-hmm. they have the caddies and the luxuries are for them and also professionals get to have caddies because they can pay them um, you know like they have to give them a percentage of their salary and those caddies are trained caddies also they are not mm-hmm. just like people pick like they're very trained in the sport in what they have to do um, and usually if a person like a professional has a caddy they're in it for the long run Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll never see a professional switching caddies because um, a caddy is like he has to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So what you see on TV is usually just like the super cool professionals or the club fun golfers. It's yeah. never us in betweeners <laughs> struggling to make it work. But yeah. Oh, okay. So then that's like that's like ten x stuff, man. Like having <laughs> the golf pit and walking so long. Wow. Yeah, wow. I have a lot of injuries. <laughs> right. Um, for anyone starting out, what is the flow to make it to the top? Like, to can you give us like a top in the golf circuit? Like, can you just play any tournament you want? So, if you're a kid starting out, I would suggest that um, you look at your zones. Mm-hmm. So, you have the west zone, the east zone, north and south. And um, you get to play the zones. You can just give in your entry. You have to have a handicap. Uh, you get a handicap through your home club. And that's when you put in enough golf rounds where they kind of have a gauge on what you As soon as you get a handicap, register for your rules. At playing some zonals, um, from the zonals you get to qualify to your national circuit mm-hmm. where they can then start playing the junior circuit on a national level. Through that, they'll get to qualify through the, through the higher level. So the national level also has qualifiers for the main tournament. Um, 
it's tougher for guys because honestly there's just more guys out there playing golf than mm-hmm. females so there's just more cutoffs but for girls just go to the zonals and from zonals get enough points and qualify to play um the nationals and that's the way to go mhm wonderful okay what about um here to cities and towns like uh, in india like do you think is there any progress happening in golf or just Uh, limited to the metros um not aware what do you mean by cute like example. Uh, the smaller the smaller cities like let's say um bhubaneswar in orissa or you know something like a mangalore in karnataka so there's actually beautiful golf courses in mangalore and we played there so the national tour in india is really cool because it lets you go to these tier 2 cities and play on the golf courses mm-hmm. so like uh even places like jamshedpur which you would think would not have a golf course like the top two golfers professional golfers from jamshedpur so um yeah um in terms of facilities and coaches surely they're lacking but um, they like a lot of tier 2 cities in india have beautiful golf courses that are quite vacated um mm-hmm. like even uh, belgaum for example belgaum golf course is just gorgeous mm-hmm. uh but you will never see any i guess serious coaching happening mm-hmm. okay um let's go to the final segment where we just going to ask you random questions so um best golf venues you played in uh yes golf venue so my favorite golf course in india is kga which is in bangalore I love it. Um, in terms of beauty, I would say Torrey Pines in San Diego. It still remains one of the most beautiful places um, I've played at. And in terms of like a resorty golf course, like Ooty is really cool mm-hmm. because it's like super hilly and all the clouds come down and all the referees like ride on horses. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, friendships in golf. Like, um, do you? How do you like maintain friendships with your um, competitors, or is it always like you know an ice cold focus on winning and there's no socialization? Socializing. No, so one of my my best friend is a golfer. We played junior golf together. Um, she and me were actually in the second college that I transferred together. We were roommates, so no the. fellow golfers are always at competition is not true i love her um she's um just great but yeah. i've made a lot of friends in golf and that's one of the things i just love about that sport is that you get to meet so many people and so many different kinds of people all over the world mm-hmm. um so i i just all my friends are from golf um, <laughs> uh learning through youtube possible no okay straight no expenses what expenses do you have as a golfer um you have a lot of expenses starting from your car fuel driving to the golf course every day um okay you got that's coming at any to paying the club fees Mm-hmm. uh to whatever club that you're going to be associated with 
to paying for the golf balls that you practice with, to the golf clubs, to your golf bag, to any customizations that you may need for your swing because everyone's different, um, to your coach for any coaching, to any additional practice equipment that you need to buy, travel expenses, food expenses, stay expenses, um, the Indian Golf Union expenses that you have to pay the union a certain fee yeah. to pay to playing on the national tour. Um, as you keep getting better, you have to upgrade your clubs, um, get different things. So clubs are the main expense. Mm-hmm. Um, just your golf clubs and figuring out then the golf balls because you keep losing them or they go bad. And you have the tees, you have golf clothes. The equipment in general is the biggest expense. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, last question. Um, anyone who wants to get started and uh, they don't want to spend too much, can, can they go about it in any way? Is there any hacks through it? Like any way you can, like just, you know, like people, the assumption is like golf, like you said, is like an extremely expensive thing. So if people just, I'm sure they want to, you know, get into the sport. So is there any way they can go about it? Yeah, for sure. Like, you, if you get started, you can get started with the basics. Um, you can get a basic golf club, like, because you don't really need um, too much technical thing, too many technical things to get a feel of the game. Um, so, starting off, yeah, sure, like, just take an old pair of golf clubs and, you know, buy some golf balls and start playing. But if you want to get into it, the expenses are going to rack up. For somebody who... Um, is talented um, and is motivated and um, is doing well in the sport despite the challenges that they are facing. Um, it, it, it really makes me proud to say, but the golfing community is, is very um, supportive of people like that. So the top professionals in India, uh, males right now, not just in India, but also in Asia, were former caddies. Um, so the club members actually supported their full journey um, through amateur and junior golf and got them to where they were through just just sheer support and it's not just one person but many people pitching in to support and that happens till today so wow. that's one really good thing about our community is like if we see someone doing good and someone who's probably going to put us on the international map like Aditi Ashok did um, they're, they're definitely going to go out of their way to help out wow that's something that's not really there in many other sports in India. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Raksha, it's been an honor. Thank you. It's Thank been you fun. so much for sharing so much of your um, experience and advice with us. Thanks. It was great. It was great talking to you and I hope that I have maybe cleared some doubts for whoever is listening to this. You definitely have. Um, Raksha, tell us about your new adventures since you're done with, I mean, since you retired. (laughs) But I'm temporarily retired. I'm taking a small break. But um, yeah, I've been, I, I studied fashion in school. I was always into fashion. So my degree is actually in fashion merchandising. And I got into it heavily after I moved back here. It's something that I've always uh, been into. And I started my company last year called the Closet Coach Company. 
um, with the idea that people make trends trendy um, and not the other way around. Um, so I really think um, in a sense that fashion has a lot to do with how people feel or express themselves. So it's very psychological. So my company was started with the idea to kind of delve into that psychology um, of why you dress the way you dress. Why do you pick the colors you pick, the silhouettes you pick, what makes you comfortable, what makes you feel good. So um, I really like people um, generally and getting to know different kinds of mindsets. And I really like clothing and kind of put that together. Um, and I've been doing this for a year and slowly getting into designing, um, just figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell us a bit more about uh, Closet Coach. Like, uh, what do you guys do exactly? So, we are stylists. So, uh, some of the services that I do offer is personal styling. Um, I'm a wardrobe consultant. Um, I also do um, wedding styling and commercial styling for photo shoots, um, etc. So on. Mm-hmm. Um, but a huge part of what we do is um, kind of... I, creating a community feel or uh, an open kind of discussion just for girls who enjoy fashion but i feel like pune was a little lacking in that sense uh, mumbai still has that kind of warmth and openness with um experimentation or different kind of clothes or colors like you see different trends happening in mumbai whereas pune is a little more uh flat because i feel like there hasn't been a platform and that's another thing that I also wanted to achieve with the styling um, mm-hmm. is just giving a people a platform for expression. So if someone sends me a style saying, hey, hey I really like this, like, it, this is amazing. Like, I feel great because like, it's just opening just conversations and breaking barriers. So that's another thing. Right. So this um, uh, is not just for models. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. My styling is like for everybody. And like, it's crazy because when I started this company, I thought I would primarily cater to a certain age group and a certain type of woman. And then it happened so that in the first few months, I had worked with someone who was 17 as well as someone who was 55. And the experience was so different. Mm-hmm. And like the, what they were doing in life was so different and vast. And it was great because that's, why I started this in the first place because I wanted it to be all encompassing and everyone um, should feel like this is their place to express themselves like um, so it was definitely not for a certain kind of woman but more for everybody wonderful so um, Raksha where can we find you like, can you share your um, insta and your email with us so the listeners can find you if they want help or want to get in touch with you for any reason for sure so my personal insta is raksha fadke it's r-a-k-s-h-a-p-h-a-d-k-e mm-hmm. and my work handle is um at the rate the closet coach co by raksha um better than me spelling it out <laughs> i think we should attach it to the right. video <laughs> mm-hmm. i'll do that yeah and your email as well Sorry, I didn't catch that. Email. My email. It's raksha.s.padke, P-H-A-D-K-E, 
ke at gmail.com wonderful so we'll attach them at the show notes as well um so yeah thanks raksha um we hope to have you here with us for future episodes if you want to discuss something related to golf sounds great it's been great talking to you thank you take care take care